0: Thank you for listening to this recent message from The Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about The Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. All right, I got my my drink. I've got my coffee cup. Oh, wait, hold on. I got my coffee cup and I got my Christmas tree, so we're ready to go. Uh, Anyway, I'm so excited for this Christmas series of talks. Uh, or these sermons that we're calling Differing Perspectives. Differing Perspective. It's exciting to talk about Christmas and the hope that goes with it. I mean, after all, Christmas is about the love, isn't it? It's about being loved so much by God, the, the God that created the earth and everything in and on it, that he sends his son Jesus to earth to take on every bad thing that happened in the past, the present and the future. I mean, I can't help but see hope for my future when there is a God who loves you and me that much. Now, now in this series, we're going to talk about Christmas, Christ coming to earth from different people's perspectives. Last week, John preached about the coming of Jesus from, from Zechariah's point of view, and a huge, huge thanks to John for doing that. And this week, we're going to take a look at Joseph's point of view. We're going to see it from the earthly father of Jesus. And let's be clear which Joseph we are talking about because there's two Josephs most often referred to in the Bible. There is Joseph from the Old Testament. This is the Joseph that had the coat of many colors and and later went on to rescue his family and all of the known world from famine. Then there is the Joseph that we're going to talk about today. Joseph, the the earthly father of Jesus. There's the the two distinct Josephs. Now, if you are just now realizing that, that they are Two separate Josephs, don't feel bad. You aren't the first and you won't be the last to, to confuse the two and not to realize that they are not one and the same. Others have been confused by this in the past, and I'm sure it's going to happen again to others in the future. But now that we are all on the same page, now that we all know who we're talking about, let's get started. Now we're going to go to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 24 as a text for the day. I'm going to read from the NIV. It says this. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife And gave him the name Jesus. Let's take a minute, let's pray, and let's invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us each where we're at. God in heaven, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for a time to be here looking at your word. I'm thankful for your son, Jesus, who you sent to this earth. God, as we look into the life of Joseph today, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, and God, that it would truly be you speaking, that what people are hearing is what you want them to hear. Holy Spirit, convict where we need it. Encourage where we need it. Challenge where we need it. Meet us where we are today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm excited as we get a chance to continue here and, and we get to go into this scripture. We're, we're going to start by, by talking about character and, and, and what I mean by character. You see, today's message is titled, Joseph a person of character. So I figure we should probably start by clarifying by what I mean by character. So I'd ask the question just to think about what do you think I mean when I say character? What comes to your mind when I say character? Now, Merriam-Webster defines character in several ways. This is the one that I believe best reflects what I mean, and it is this definition. It's moral excellence and firmness. Moral excellence and firmness. Now, now, Joseph was a person who lived his life with moral excellence and firmness. Now, maybe I could have been clearer if this was titled, Joseph, a person of sound character. But regardless, I hope you get the idea of what I am meaning when I say character. I really, really want that to be clear to you. Okay, so now that that's clarified, what I mean at, about character. Let's look at what it looks like for Joseph to be a person of moral excellence, a person of character. You see, first off, Joseph was a person of integrity. The the online definition I found in Lexico, it it was the definition of of integrity that's very similar to character. It said it was having a quality of being honest and having a strong moral principle or uprightness. A, A person of integrity lives what they believe in even when No one is looking. They do their their best to do what is right, regardless of what it will cost them. You see, Joseph was that type of person. So if we look at Matthew one nineteen, it says that because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her Quietly. This was talking about Jesus, Joseph's ideas for Mary. Now, now, Joseph could have called out Mary as an adulteress. After all, she was engaged to be married to him, and yet she was pregnant with a child that wasn't his. And this time in, in Jewish society and under Jewish law, Joseph could have called out Mary as an adulteress, and he would have been free from any of his obligations to her. He would have been blameless. People would have seen him as the one that was wronged. His reputation would be solid. It would have been intact. And financially, it would have made sense, too, because to file for divorce in this time would likely have cost him financially. And my guess is that as a blue-collar worker like Joseph was, as a carpenter, he wasn't wealthy, and he would have liked to keep the financial means or or the possessions that he had. And and this would have been the easy way out for Joseph. I mean, sure, Mary, Mary would have been stoned for adultery, but he would have been free and clear to move on with his life as he wanted, Yet this isn't what Joseph was leaning towards as to how he would handle this pregnancy situation. Joseph was going to divorce Mary quietly, we're told. It, it would cost him more financially, but, but he would be separated from a fiancé that he likely believed had committed adultery at this point. He likely believed she had slept with someone other than himself. And even though he likely thought Mary wronged him, he didn't want her to experience disgrace or experience death. Then along comes an angel, an angel who speaks to Joseph in a dream. Now now as a sidebar, I'm a little jealous of those who have had God speak to them in dreams. It it seems like it would be an amazing experience to be sleeping and resting when all of a sudden, bang, God says something to me. He, He would provide a clear insight or a direction. He He would tell me what he wanted me to know. It sounds amazing, and I think at some point in the future, if God chooses to communicate with me this way, that would be awesome. Anyway, back to Joseph's world and what's going on. In verse 20, the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife. Now, now here is an idea that Joseph likely hadn't considered before, or if he had considered it, he had dismissed it because we were told that Joseph's plans were to divorce Mary quietly. So what would this mean for Joseph? What would it mean to take her as his wife? I mean, after all, he would be taking a pregnant woman as his wife. Would people think that he had had sexual relations outside of marriage? Would people question what kind of a Jew he was? And his wife would be bringing into the relationship a child that wasn't his. Yet yet even with all of this, we see as a part of Joseph's character that Joseph was obedient to God. He took Mary as his wife as he was told to. And that obedience didn't stop there. No, in fact, in verse 21 we read that, that the Lord told Joseph, Mary will have a son, a male child, and you will give him the name Jesus. And then, then in verse 25, we read that Joseph did this. He actually named his son Jesus. Now, the name Joseph gave his son, Jesus, it had meaning. In verse 23, we were told that the, there was a prophecy where the Messiah was going to be named Emmanuel, which means God with us. And the, the name Jesus is actually the Greek form of the word Joshua, the name Joshua. And Joshua means the Lord saves, or Yahweh, God is salvation. You see, Joseph was obedient and named his child Jesus. But, but Joseph's obedience didn't start with agreeing to marry Mary, 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 Mary. Uh, or agreeing to name his son Jesus, in verse 19 we read that, that Joseph was faithful to the law. As a Jew living prior to the coming of the Messiah and the beginning of a new covenant, Joseph knew there were a lot of rules to follow. There was a lot of things he needed to do to remain right with God, and he was doing them. He was obeying God long before he knew he would be called on to be the Messiah's earthly father. This obedience wasn't just a surface thing either. Joseph was all in. He wasn't simply going through the motions. Joseph, Joseph was a man who acted. Joseph committed to marrying Mary. Wow, it's a tongue twister every time. Joseph committed to marrying Mary, even though some guilt would likely have been cast on him based on the assumption that people made with him marrying a pregnant woman. And besides committing to marrying a pregnant woman, Joseph didn't sleep with his, his wife, Until after Jesus was born. Now, I'm a guy, and I was once a guy in my early 20s. It's been a few years, but I was there. And one of the exciting things, not the only exciting things, but one of the exciting things about getting married was being able to sleep with the woman who would be my wife. Now, I can only assume it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to deny what would have been a natural human desire, but he did it. After all, by waiting, there would be no doubt that this wasn't his child, that Jesus was not his child. This child was put inside of his wife miraculously by God himself. So Joseph waited to sleep with his wife until after Jesus had been born. Now, let's go back to the naming of the child Jesus. You see, Joseph was the one who gave Jesus his name. And by naming this child, who wasn't his biological child, Joseph was assuming the role of father in Jesus' life. He was saying that he would raise Jesus as his own. Jesus would have all the rights, all the privileges, all the responsibilities that would go along with any of his biological children. And, And even bigger than that, he was giving the rights of his firstborn son to a child not biologically his. Joseph was all in. and it's great that Joseph was an incredible person. He had amazing character and all but but what can you and I learn from Joseph and his characters? What can we character? What can we learn from that? How does this apply to us? The point I want you to take away from today is that we have a choice regarding how we respond to the unexpected. Joseph had a choice. As we've seen today, we had he had multiple choices. And it appears he made the right ones in spite of all the adversity and challenge that went with it. If you and I are going to do the right things when hit with the unexpected, we would be wise to start preparing before the challenges happen. Remember remember how we saw a few minutes ago that Joseph was faithful to the law? He was obedient to God before this whole thing with Mary and Jesus even started. You see, we need to start preparing now. You and I need to start preparing now. Let's look at our relationship with God. Is that relationship real or is it a front? Is it something that you do to cast a certain image or that I do for a certain image? Is it something that we do to make a parent, a friend, a spouse, or someone else happy? Have we personally made the decision, have you personally made the decision to trust Jesus as your Savior? You see, the reality is that none of us are perfect. Things got screwed up a long time ago with Adam and Eve's disobedience. And since that time, none of us have entered into the world in a perfect relationship with God. We do things that don't make God happy at times, or or we do things that he doesn't want us to do, or or we don't do things that he does want us to do. Our our thoughts aren't all loving and in line with God's perfect desire for us. All those things that are, are, are sin, they separate us from that perfect relationship with God. Yet Jesus came to earth to provide forgiveness for that sin. We simply need to realize that we are sinners, tell God that we need him, and accept the forgiveness offered because of Jesus, because of Joseph's son, Jesus. If you aren't already a Christian, if you haven't already done this, this is the place to start in getting ready to be prepared for the unexpected. So let me encourage you to do it today. And please, if you do it today, reach out to us through a connection card online at therescuechurch.com slash connect, or, or email us. Office at the com. Sam at the com. One way or another, we want to hear from you. Now, now, maybe you have questions. Maybe you aren't ready to make this decision yet. If you have questions, ask them. Don't wait. We don't know how long we have left. We don't know when the unexpected will happen. That's why it's called unexpected. Reach out to us or reach out to someone else who you know is following Jesus and ask your questions. Again, you can reach out on the connection cards at therescuechurch.com slash connect. You can reach out to office at therescuechurch.com via email. You can reach out to me at sam at therescuechurch.com. One way or another, we want you to reach out. We want to get your questions answered as best as we can. And for you, Christian, how about you? Are you being faithful? Are you all in? And if you are, you should be connecting with God regularly on your own and with others. You need to be following and obeying even the things that seem mundane or trivial. And as you're doing this, learn to discern the prompting of the Holy Spirit. For many of us, God doesn't speak to us in dreams or audible words, but he does speak. He he will nudge you to reach out to this person or that. He will nudge you to pray about this person or that thing. He will prompt you to do things that you may not even think make sense. Yet as you learn to listen and obey, you will begin to realize that God is speaking to you in bigger things and challenging you in apparently larger areas. You will become more, more, more confident, more confident in, in the Holy Spirit's leaning. I, I was going to say comfortable, but the reality is I don't think God calls us to be comfortable all the time. The coming of Jesus certainly wasn't a comfortable thing for Mary and Joseph. It wasn't comfortable, but they were confident that God was over and in this situation. You see, being all in and growing closer to God now will help you be ready when the challenges come. I probably don't need to tell you this, but 2020 is a perfect example of this. At the same time, none of us know what happens in 2021, 2022, or beyond only God knows that. We, we need to be growing closer to him so that we can be better prepared for what the future holds. It could be another pandemic, a personal financial crisis, a health crisis, a marriage crisis, a death in the family, or someone else close to you. We don't know what the future holds, so let's draw closer to the one who is over all and sees all. And when these challenges come, when these hard times come, and they will, and maybe you're in the middle of one right now, right this day, right this week, Maybe you have a, ch- a chance to, to apply this right now. You can, you can choose how you're going to respond. Will, will we live lives of integrity and honesty and strong moral principles? Will, will we continue to be obedient to God, even though it may be extremely difficult and may make people speak badly about you and me? Will you embrace challenges and be all in? Now, let me share a couple of verses with you uh, you may need to write them down because I don't have them on the screen. They're just a couple things that came to me at last minute as I was getting ready. Um, so you may want to write them down, and maybe you'll refer to them now, or maybe they're good for a, a season of challenge later. The first one is found in Psalms, and it's fifty-five twenty-two. It says the psalmist writes, "Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken." And then the next one is Isaiah forty-three one b through three a. It's it's wheels, I'm sorry, it says, uh, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will, set you, will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. There's other verses you can look up and write down. Uh, one of them is James 1, 2 through 3. Also, James 1, 12, and Romans 8, 18. Those are three other passages. But the reality is, challenges are going to come. Are you ready for the challenge like Joseph was? If not, you certainly can be, and thankfully, they don't catch God off guard when they happen. He has told us that he will be with us through the storms and through the fire. He will walk with us. Now, one more thing from Joseph's life that I don't want you to miss, and it's not the main focus, but I think it's something that we need to look at, we need to be aware of. You see, Joseph was a carpenter. He was a a blue-collar worker. He wasn't a religious leader or a major social influencer, but God chose to work through him. God had created Joseph on purpose and for a purpose. It was a purpose Joseph didn't know was out there until it hit him in the face, But he was faithful to what he knew, and God revealed his plan in his time. You need to know that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. You may have been a surprise to your parents. You may have been unwanted by your parents, but you are not a surprise to God, and you are not unwanted by him. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. You don't need to be in vocational ministry. You don't need to be in some high prestige job or be a social influencer for this to be true. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. Give yourself to Jesus and to following him completely today. Let's pray. God in heaven, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share this message I'm thankful for the truth that you have in your word. I'm thankful for the encouragement that you create us on purpose and for a purpose. I'm thankful for the encouragement that you don't get caught off surprise, but caught off guard and on surprise by life's challenges. You see them. You know they're coming. You prepare us for them if we will only follow you. God, I ask that we would learn from the life of Joseph, that we would learn from the way he reacted to this challenge that he faced, that we truly would act with integrity, that we would be obedient to you, and God, that we would be all in with both feet, ready to follow you and do where, whatever you would lead us to do. God, help us to hear you more clearly. Help us to know you more personally, even in this Christmas season. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. tuning in to the Rescue Church's past messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com.